empowered people make informed decisions that lead to living a life without regret. This is Sarah Kaki and Shauna Woods from Atlanta Divorce Law Group, and this is the Happily Ever After Divorce Podcast. Welcome to the Happily Ever After Divorce Podcast. This is Sarah Kaki with Atlanta Divorce Law Group, and I'm joined by our very own managing partner, Shauna Woods. Shauna, we're going to talk about separating before divorce, and let's sort of fine-tune that. What are we talking about? We are specifically talking about a couple who knows they're about to go through divorce or they're in the middle of the divorce process or they're considering divorce and they're wondering, is it a good idea or bad idea for us to separate before we go through this process? And again, that depends on what you mean by separate. Does it mean separate rooms? Does it mean separate houses? For, for this conversation, let's talk about the couple that's wondering if they should actually go through the process of separating, meaning getting into separate homes, starting to a whole different cadence of their lives where they're apart. Yes. So usually when they are considering this, it's because being in the same household during the divorce is too difficult. It's become too awkward or it's become too tense. Emotionally Emotionally charged. charged, Or there's um, emotional abuse happening. Mm -hmm. And we have one person asking us, is it good or bad idea for me to actually get up and leave the house? Or is it a good or bad idea for me to get him to leave the house or for her to leave the house? Right. And the first thing I always say is a very individual decision that you're going to make with the people who you trust as advisors, whether that is you've already consulted an attorney, which I do suggest you do, or other people around you, because it's going to depend on what your goals are, whether you decide, yes, I need to leave the house. I will tell you one of the things that I tell most people, even when I think strategically it may be better for them to remain in the house, I always tell them, however... I cannot put a price tag on your emotional and your sanity and your sanity going through this. So you have to decide whether or not you're leaving the house is the way you want to go. In my opinion, I think it is best emotionally and mentally if the parties do physically separate and live in different households, either thinking about divorce, whether contemplating it or going through the divorce. It is too hard emotionally to have to go and be on opposite sides and basically in conflict and then return to the same households, especially if you have children in the household. So let's walk through the big concern our clients have when they are considering physically separating apart while they're going through this divorce process or even before starting the divorce process. The concern is if I leave the house, have I abandoned the house and will I lose any right I have in the house? The short answer is no, you haven't abandoned the house and you really haven't lost any interest you may have in the house. What you may have lost is an advantage, right? There is, especially if you want to remain in the house, especially if that's your goal is to remain in the house. If you go ahead and move outside the house, it's going to be harder to get you back into the home. But again, if you don't want to remain in the house or you believe the house is going to be sold, the advantage does become less. Right. 
And some of the advantage really is how fast do I want this done? Because the other person is uncomfortable as well. Right. And what we want to do when we're uncomfortable is reach a negotiation or a settlement very quickly so we can get out of this uncomfort. Now, in contrast to that, I do find if people have been physically separated for, say, six months Mm -hmm. before they start the divorce process, it's actually a much more amicable divorce process. I agree. I think when they've stopped triggering each other, where they've stopped nitpicking on everything, it becomes a more amicable divorce process. I did, however, have a client that I met with, I think it was yesterday or day before, it doesn't matter. And he had been out of the house for three months now, paying all the bills of the house while maintaining the bills of his new home. What's currently happening, Shauna, is spouse, the wife, has no interest in doing it. It's sort of what you said. Like, there's no discomfort anymore. He's removed himself from the house. He's paying the bills. So the bills are covered for the house. All the expenses are covered. And she's getting to live there and not have to deal with the discomfort of them being together. So she's not doing anything to get this divorce settled. And that's why I think that the strategy, even if you're considering, hey, we may just want to do a test separation for six months, talking with a divorce attorney and talk about the strategy mm-hmm. in that particular situation. A lot of times people are both contributing to a household and then they decide, okay, if one of them is moving out, here's what we're going to do in the interim. And they kind of work through it themselves. In that situation, he was being generous and saying, I'm going to pay for both households. Probably in his mind, thinking it's very short-term, temporary solution. And in her mind, she's gotten a free ride with no one around to aggravate the situation. Right. And that does lose ground. That does lose negotiating power. That does lose ground because she's sitting there as happy as she can be with someone else paying her bills. So now we have the other big concern when somebody's considering separating is if I leave the house and the children remain in the house with the other spouse, have I given up a big claim to custody rights? Probably yes. And here's the, the, the really kind of crux of the situation is who is the primary caretaker? Most of the time, a primary caretaker, if they're leaving the home, the children go with them. Right. If you're not the primary caretaker and you leave the home, the children do not go with you. You've conceded to the fact that you're not the primary caretaker. You've kind of conceded to the fact that you're going to be the non-custodial parent. That can be overcome. I'm not going to say it's hopeless, Mm -hmm. but it puts you in a much harder position. So from a legal strategy perspective, I think that it's a very, like you said, it's a very case by case basis. On an emotional side, most of the time, it does seem to work better when they move apart. I think actually, if there's even any hope for reconciliation, you find it more likely in the couple that gives some breathing room, some time and space to just get out of each other's hair, to hear, you know, there's a lot of times when there is something bothering you and you are so quick to just point it at at somebody, project it at somebody. And if that person's always in your face, it's easier to just point it at them. But when that person leaves for a minute, 
you're left to hear the, your own voice in your head and then be able to identify what is really the problem. Exactly. And I think of it kind of as a wound, right? When we're going through a really emotional time, this is a wound and it needs to heal. Right. And it cannot heal if it's continually aggravated and it's continually poked at. So when you separate, mm-hmm. it gives both of you time to heal those wounds and make this decision of, am I happier now that we're separated? Or do I just need to heal what's going on and then we can reconnect? So... I will have to speak to the other side on this for a second because, you know, the challenger in me loves that. Mm-hmm. In my Middle Eastern culture, it is not common for a couple to move in together before they get married. And I know there's different schools of thought of that. I, I have friends that actually very rationally and pragmatically were like, we're going to try living together before we get married to make sure that we're compatible. Makes perfect sense, Right. And the reason this is sort of like frowned upon in our culture is because the concept is a married couple, you should not get too comfortable in that stage of acting like a married couple without being a married couple. You need to learn to go at it as from a married couple perspective. And the concern is a, a young couple will move in together and stay unmarried and live together. And I'm a very, I come from a very conservative background, right? As a Middle Eastern. This is the same concern I hear on the couple who has some hope left at some point, maybe for reconciliation. And they're afraid that if they go apart and live in separate households, the relationship will be too comfortable with that space and distance instead of being with each other in the same household, having to hash it out. And I understand what you're saying. And look, I understand different Cultures and backgrounds do believe this, that they should not live together before marriage. I am not one of these people. My flip side to that mm-hmm. is if you are comfortable and happy being apart, shouldn't you be apart? Right, right. If you are comfortable and happy being together, then you should be together. And I think it's one of those things that people are afraid to face the truth. Yes. And that's that it's uh, we, we had an po- episode on hope, holding on to hope to, to a point where it becomes a detriment. This is almost one of those scenarios where you're holding on to this hope and afraid to kind of face the reality, face the truth that we're actually miserable together. But this hope is keeping us in this prolonged misery. If we really are meant to be together, we would not be OK too long being apart. Right. And the second part of this really is once you're married and you decide to separate, you do have both of you, if you were dedicated to the marriage and perhaps you have children, you were dedicated to remaining a family, you do have the desire to, that was our hope, that was our choice, that was what we wanted to do. So you have the desire to return to that happy place, Mm -hmm. right? So unlike couples who move in together before marriage, they're kind of trying each other out. Right. They're not committed to it. Yet. Right. After marriage, you're committed. Right. And simply because you separate to give you guys time to heal and move apart, does it mean you can't still be committed to coming back together if that's what's best for both of you and the children? And going back to couples who are actually going through the divorce process and that hope for reconciliation is gone. I have seen this quite often. So have you, I'm sure where we started off with 
all the intentions for a amicable process, for a process that was going to be not get ugly, not get litigious. And we were going to be able to negotiate friendly terms with each other. And that time of nitpicking while living together turned it into a lot more litigious than we had expected. And all of a sudden, a pretty simple divorce case blows up in everybody's face because somebody was, you know, using the wrong bathroom or somebody wasn't cleaning up. I mean, all the aggravations of marriage, but now you're separated and you're living in the same household and you don't no longer have any room to tolerate it. And I'm going to tell you, and I say this with all respect to all of uh, my clients, because I do deeply respect them. There are a lot of petty betties out there when it comes to living together, going through a divorce situation. They will mess with the thermostats. They will park behind each other's cars. Right. They'll let the other ones pet out. It's a lot of things that are these micro, just small little things that happen during the the day that they're constantly picking at each other and tearing each other apart. But to your point earlier, you really have to look at, do we have the finances to be living separately? Because you have to have that agreement or one person is really going to be taking on that burden while the other person's sitting in the catbird seat. And if these things end up in court, how can you speak to how often the courts like to just kind of continue on what was happening during the time of separation? Oh, absolutely. It's precedent. We've established this already. They especially look at it with parenting. Oh, you guys already worked out what you were doing with parenting? Well, let's continue in that and see how it goes. Oh, you guys are already, you know, he's already paying the bills. Well, let's continue. Yeah, the judge doesn't want to get creative. No. And and in fact, most judges, except for Fulton County, where they have family law court, most judges are dealing with murder trials and other civil litigations. And then you come in with your family matters. They don't want to hear about your thermostats and your dogs. Right. Right. (laughs) Or, oh, gosh, it's really hard for me to make rent. They're dealing with a lot more, you know, egregious things in other cases. So you have to keep that in mind as you're going through this, knowing what is the solution I can get from the court versus what is some solution I can get if we're able to work some of these things out. So I think the bottom line of all this is if separating is something you're considering prior to divorce, first of all, know that in Georgia, it is not required. I know some states require that it's not required in Georgia, but second of all, it needs to be built into a long-term strategy for your case overall versus hopefully it's not a reactive thing where a couple got into a fight, one person moved out, and now we have to live with the fact that that happened at the onset and it's going to be harder to change that as we build out the long-term strategy. Absolutely. And one thing I do want to point out, and I tell people this all the time, just because you come and have a conversation with us does not mean that you're committed to having a divorce. Right. The only thing you've done is come and talked about what are the directions that I can go in if this does end up in a divorce. Having that knowledge base may say, you know what, I think I'm better staying married at this point. Or you may say, yes, I can deal with those consequences, but you need to know what those consequences are to make an educated decision. Absolutely. Thank you, Shauna. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Happily Ever After Divorce Podcast. If you'd like to learn more, go to atlantadivorcelawgroup.com forward slash resources.